Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Potscast Wrestling Edition, The Lowdown. I'm joined today, of course, by the usual suspects. It is Neelers, Duke, Peter, and of course, the featured guest this week is the phenom, the king of football manager, the man doing A to Z. It is Spud on the featured interview this week. Our topic, the greatest heel turn, or our favourite heel turn, perhaps, might not be the greatest, but you're certainly going to hear about a few of them. Some of the best moments in wrestling are turns, whether they be face or heel, whatever. But here on this podcast today, we're going to talk about the greatest heel turns. I'm Darren Potts. I'm the host, as always, here on the Pottscast Wrestling Edition. Let's get going. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete. I'm back on the podcast for this week's episode, where I'm going to give you, along with a couple of honourable mentions, my favourite heel turn in wrestling of all time. Um, however, before I do that, I would just like to point out that I am extremely honoured and grateful to uh, be a recurring guest on this fantastic podcast. Um, I actually think I am becoming the new phenom of the podcast. Obviously, uh, at Spud made an appearance under the weather um whether that counts as a saudi arabia squash match who knows however if he's still the phenom then i'm the cane to his undertaker so let's throw let's go with it and let's throw out a few honorable mentions the first one being Shawn michaels and chris jericho on the jericho highlight reel where jericho turned on Shawn michaels after their phenomenal match and smashed Shawn Michaels' face through the Geratron 5000, taking it to the next level by legit shoot-punching Shawn Michaels' wife Rebecca in the face, busting her lip wide open, which led into a fantastic series of matches that, in my opinion, was under, is massively underrated and should have gone on for a lot longer. Another honourable mention. Doesn't need any explanation. In my opinion, it is the without doubt the single best double turn in the history of professional wrestling of course i'm talking about what happened at the end of wrestlemania 13's i quit match between canadian favorite brett the hitman Hart and stone cold steve austin one of the things that i truly love about that contest was just how fluid it was obviously austin started the heel brett took over Brett finished the match the heel he, with all the dirty tactics. Uh, Austin passing out, the blood down the face, the blood on stone. What a t-shirt that was. It was just a phenomenal time in wrestling. In all honesty, in my opinion, that was the heart of the Attitude Era for me. Uh, and it's something that I'll never forget. Obviously, Brett went on to drop some amazing promos. Uh, Anti-America promos, the Philadelphia with a toilet bowl, uh, was just incredible stuff. And obviously, what a team that came out of that. You know, I don't think there was a better time to be a Heart member uh, than that per- period between late 96 uh, through to late 97. However, that's not what we're here for li- to listen to. You're here to listen to me tell you again that I've been a wrestling fan since 1992. It's true. And I'm actually going to give you something from the era. And, you know, for all the years that I spent uh, as a referee, I've worked with uh, ex-WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW guys as they've came over, indie guys. The guy that I'm going to talk about now is one guy that I've never worked with. I've never even met him. I was really hoping to meet him last year at For the Love of Wrestling. I was hoping to have met him this year at the For Love of Wrestling. I've got my fingers crossed that I will finally get to meet the native american tatanka next year in liverpool at the love of wrestling the heel turn for me was obviously a big thing in 1994 i would have been eight years old so you know you have big impressions at eight years old it's pretty much safe to say that these were the big bigger than life larger than life characters was the word i was looking for and you know for this switch to happen was incredible you know tatanka was a huge fan favorite he was loved and adored by everybody he did all the right things he said all the right things he was undefeated for over i think maybe was it two years i think it was two years um and then obviously lost out to uh ludwig borger at the start of 1993 went away 
uh, recouped himself, came back in 1994, got into a program with uh, All-American, Lex Luger, and was trying to convince anybody who would listen that Lex Luger had sold out to the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. By the time we get to their grudge match at SummerSlam 1994, it's at a fever pitch. Tatanka's got a new look, he hasn't got the red stripe, he's got slick black hair, and he's going toe to toe with Lex Luger, and what happens? He grabs the briefcase from the million dollar man, clocks Lex Luger, and that is the cemented heel turn of Tatanka. Guys, as an eight-year-old, you can only imagine how impactful that was on me. And it left a lasting legacy for Tatanka. And that'll stay with me forever. Guys, as always, if you want to hit me up on the socials, please do so. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at Hops Causing All This. Or you can find me on Twitter at Hops Causing This. Until next time, guys. Keep safe. Thank you, Peter. As always, faithful contributor to the Podcast Wrestling Edition. Up next, we have another contributor. He's always here, somewhere, talking nonsense. I'm kidding, of course. Polarizing opinions, of course. It is the one and only, Neilers. Hi, everyone. Neil Campbell here. You can find me on social media, at C. So, my favourite heel turn. Thank you, Neilers. Next up, just kidding, by the way. Here's the rest of it. It's probably a bit left field, but I'm going to say Batista in late 2009. I don't know if anyone remembers, but he attacked Rey Mysterio after he failed to win the World Heavyweight title at Bragging Rights 2009. And he went on this great run up until he left in May 2010. And do you know what? Like, it was just a side of the animal that we hadn't scene and you know where he was coming out and and when his music was playing you know he was coming out in the microphone and cut the music cut the music and demanding a spotlight and then walking out to the ring and then he was in the ring and he was demanding a spotlight and he was doing cowardly things and he was being a bully backstage and he was interrupting the slammy awards and talking about how you know he was the victim of the screw job of the year and there should be a prize for that and all that sort of stuff and it really really worked and you know he won the wwe title um like he, he effectively stole it from john cena you know after um the elimination chamber um, that Cena had to go through and you know Batista just comes out and has a match in there and then beats him obviously he dropped the title back to Cena at Wrestlemania which is a very underrated match actually and you know they went on to have you know a couple of more matches you know with with gimmicks and all and then obviously he lost an I quit match and then even whenever he was in the ring you know when he actually quits and he's like do you think I'll do it I'm gonna do it and you know you won't want to watch anymore because i'm not on the show and all this sort of stuff and it was really really well executed you know he's in the ring in a wheelchair and a cast and he's got a black eye and and whatnot and it was just uh, you know what it, it gave him, i think it gave him a bit more um creative freedom and he seemed to embrace it and that, that you know i think his heel run towards the end was so good that when he came back in 2014 and they brought him back as a face. Like, I mean, he even says it himself. He felt like it was it was doomed from the beginning. They should have brought him back as a heel. And um, I think fans would have embraced him a lot more in 2014 had he came back as a heel. Um, but his run in late 2009 into 2010 as a heel was, was brilliant. Um, it was just a side of Batista that, you know, you never really seen before. And... You know, he, he was feuding with like Rey Mysterio as well. And like that's obviously one of the easiest ways back then to get over as a heel was to take out Rey Mysterio, you know, and he gave him a big booting at the end of bragging rights and whatnot. Like, so, no, that, it was good. Um, I, I always remember a scene backstage at a Raw and he's talking to David Otunga and Batista was like, you know, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling quite tired. I could do with a cup of coffee. And uh, David Otunga's like, yeah, man, it's it's been a long day. And Batista's like, go and get me a cup of coffee. And takes his shades off and like bullies him into submission to go and get him the coffee. <laughs> um, do you know what? That was actually a Raw in London that we were at. So were you, Potsy? You were there as well. 
Um, Jesus, that's going back a long time now. 2010, that was. But yeah, Batista. Yeah, ultimate shithousery. Love it. Um, it. It was a good and successful run. And um, I guess it's a pity it didn't last longer than that. But here we are. So there you go. That's my favourite heel turn. Uh, Batista 2009. Cheers. Thanks very much, Neilers. As always, apologies for right to censor and Stevie Richards appearing at the start of your message. But what can you do with these guys, these jobbers that just keep turning up? Really frustrating when you're trying to record a podcast. Neilers, thanks very much. Well, folks, it's time. It's not Vader time before anyone gets carried away. It's time for the featured interview of the week. It's myself. It's Spud. I, I kind of moan at people to keep their voice messages quite short. But me and Spud went way over time. But it's my podcast, I can do what I want. So apologies, but I'm not really that sorry. Anyway, let's get to the conversation. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Potscast Wrestling Edition. I'm Darren Potts. I'm the host, of course. And today, finally, and the Potts means finally. I think I've heard that somewhere before. Um, I'm joined by the phenom of the Potscast, the future football manager god once he completes his a to z and he's certainly on route it is the one the only it is spud or How's aaron yeah what are we calling me these days the three faces of foley the three faces yeah. of montgomery yeah but we're here spud we're back on the podcast and an interesting topic today i think it's an interesting topic it I is chose it Exactly. So, so it, I think it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the greatest topic, isn't it? Has to be. It has to be if it was my idea. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the best heel turn or our favorite heel turn, whichever way you want to look at it, interchange between them. I don't know, but a few honorable mentions, Spud. I'm going to go first. An honorable mention that I always liked was, again, I'm looking at this from a perspective of what I had to watch it back because I wasn't watching it at the time. Um, it was Bret Hart and it's anti-USA stuff. I always thought that was great. But any honourable mentions from your side and we'll fire between ourselves a couple out here? Uh, it's not so much, It's more that I don't want to talk about them in length because I think they're talked to death. But Sean kicking Gennady through the window. Yeah. Um, I, I might be stepping on your toes, but Austin at Mania 17. No, you're actually not. I don't have that as a great heel turn. I thought I enjoyed it personally, but as a great heel turn, I don't think it was effective because the crowd cheered him and nobody really knew what was going on. I actually yeah. think his face turn and then back to heel turn, the week of invasion, was it? Was it the was old it, Stone Cold? Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a better t- heel turn personally in terms of an actual reaction and then changing it. Um, but yeah, not stepping on the toes whatsoever because I think my two will be quite unique and different to most other people's. Ooh. I know, special. Ooh. I'm special. I always like Batista turning on Rey Mysterio. Remember, like when he grabbed you, right. I gotta rip your head off. <laughs> I always thought that was you were fun. supposed to be my friend. Yes, you were that... supposed to be my friend. I, that apart from that, it was pretty good. I always liked Batista as a. Do you know where he was kind of a douchey? Uh, bad guy towards the end before he sort of left the first time. Yeah, where he's crying that's, in the ring. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what other? Any other ones off your off the top of your head? Um, I'll maybe well maybe name some after because I don't want to name mm. what is an honorable mention that could be one of your picks. But I've got what, one. But yep, go ahead, Farted. Uh, <laughs> this is a silly one. I've got two sillies. Right, Keen when he uh, took his mask off. I actually. Yeah. My brother and I were watching uh, Mania and he came out for the Hall of Fame uh, where they showed him off. And I was saying to him, it must have been really hard for him to just pretend that he was ugly. <laughs> like, he took off the mask and King's going, oh my God, it's, it's just his face. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a silly one. But I like the word. It ended up Shane McMahon getting his uh, electrocuted in his private parts. I mean, that's a weird sort of step. And uh Dilo Brown. <laughs> Is this what we turned to Mark Henry? No, Mark Henry turned on him because yes, Dilo Brown it. was trying to make him lose weight. Yes, yes. And right. Mark, Mark Henry was having none of it. <laughs> so uh, turned on him. Uh, I think it was Jeff Jarrett ended up giving him the, just handing him the European title. Yeah. That's a silly one as well. That just pops into my head all the time. 
this this wasn't weekend. planned, and it's and it has popped into my head. Mark Henry's fake retirement in the smashing scene oh, is that yeah. is that is that a heel turn or was that just a good angle? I mean, he was sort of a, a heel going into it. He was still sort of coming off the back of uh, House of or what was it? Hall of Pain. Hall of Pain. House of Pain. Yeah, that's um, the Tommy Dreamers thing. The man you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. Um, but yeah, sort of. It, it's like it was one of the best moments. It's a really good. Like he's a great actor. Just out of nowhere, and that jacket deserves yeah uh, all the props in the world. But it's just I wouldn't say it was a heel turn. Class, but yeah, yeah. Um, another honorable mention, and I'll, it never it, it never really gets talked about. And 2004, WrestleMania 20, Trish Stratus Ugh. turning on Jericho <laughs> and becoming like bitch Trish, I suppose, if I can bitch word Trish. it that way. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't sound like you can word it that way, no, but... not at all. <laughs> um, bitch Trish, I suppose that's that'd be really good. Yeah, um, for like a, a year, a year and a half or so, I thought she was very good as a heel, um, aligning with Christian. What was it? What did they call him? Was it the creepy little bastard? Was that what they were uh, doing? Christian, yeah, the, I like that. I thought JR, that was great. Yeah. yeah, it was told totally out of the blue. I thought maybe you seen it, coming. yeah, no, I, I saw something coming just because it was that whole sort of set up for it but yeah. i was more expecting it to be the other way around like mm. uh not christian basically but yeah that's a, that's a fun one i didn't even think about that one for for play so any other honorable mention spot or we'll get into your number two moment i mean i didn't really it was my idea and i've put <laughs> so little thought into it into my <laughs> actual favorite um You've got sort of the classic ones we weren't around for. Um, yeah. People going against America as its whole. <laughs> I, I There's a list of those just in its yeah. own. <laughs> just Sergeant Slaughter. Andre the Giant going against uh, Hulk. That was a really cool one. Yeah. Um, if we're going old school, like I'm, uh, I've told you, I've sort of been watching old manias and whatnot. So um, Randy Savage with the mega powers exploding. That was pretty cool as well. But we weren't about it. that's sort of the rule for you as well i think if you have to sort of look back on it yeah i, I wouldn't really consider it sort of a personal favorite same with yeah. sean and Gennady. uh that's yeah. been played to death as well but uh yeah cool ones back in the day the brett austin one's a really good one that was sort of floating about in my head but i would see that more as a face turn for austin yeah okay that's fair um obviously i don't think we can do this without mentioning the third man and, yes. and, and, yeah. and, go, and going into that but the reason why I don't want to touch on that too much is because that might be somebody's favourite and we haven't quite got everybody's answers in yet but also I, I've tried and, and we mentioned it there that we've tried to pick one that we actually seen because when yeah. you hear about Hogan's Hogan's heel turn, the third man and then you go back and watch it, you know what's happening I've picked two, my honourable mention and my favourite based on the wow factor of didn't see it coming, didn't see it happening, and was watching it live and being shocked. But I think yeah. that, obviously, I think you have to talk about Hogan being the third man when you're talking heel turns. It's pretty much the most famous one. Um, mm. But we weren't WCW guys growing up, uh, especially we weren't watching wrestling in 96 at all. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. Uh, you weren't, I don't think. No. But, um, yeah, it's historic. Um, it. Bobby the Brain Heenan kind of ruins it by saying who said is he on as he as he's coming out. Yeah. Like spoilers. Um, but the leg drop, everybody was genuinely shocked. It's one of those moments along with Taker sort of losing. Uh you hear about Bruno San Martino losing, and people were like in stunned silence. I would put that up there with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's historic, but also he he doesn't call it the new world order the first time. He messes up the name. He's, uh, he calls himself the New World Organization. They always edit that. But yeah, fantastic, uh, historic, just not one of mine. 100%. We're actually, I, I, didn't, I actually don't have this one down. Roman Reigns' heel turn, would you put it up there? Or would you just put it up there? It needed to happen and his run's been great, but the actual turn was cool, but it wasn't. it's not going to be in the all-time kind of like big turns. I mean, it has to be because he's one of the most uh, intriguing characters at the minute. The Probably the strongest built wrestler in the company. Yeah, I can't really put my finger on it like when it actually happened, though. It was more of a gradual thing. Was there like a turning point? Do you know, like uh, Jericho throwing HBK into the 
Yeah. Uh, the TV. Jarotron. <laughs> the Jarotron 5000 or whatever. Uh, oh, KO. KO and Jericho. Yeah. That's another honorable one. But um, yeah, uh, I, I can't really put my finger on when it actually happened. But yeah, I haven't but- really been paying that much attention week to week. Yeah, I mean, he returned at SummerSlam and won the title and sort of kind of just came back as a heel. It wasn't like he was about as a face and then turned. It was kind of like he just came back after a long absence as a heel. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Which is strange considering his absence as well. It's really, you would have thought they would have pushed him as like a big baby face coming back. Um, And then flipped it. Yeah, no, fair play. He's the most interesting character on wrestling in wrestling at the minute in my yeah. opinion yeah so, i'd agree what about your honorable mention then do you have one honorable mention just before we get to your favorite just a couple um tomaso champa turning on gargano yeah i actually i was sort of doing many research before i came on i was like oh god yeah because remember the it was the end of a takeover yeah that's right. do you know the title it's like copyright of wwe would be in the bottom that's yeah. usually the end of the show that brought that up. Then it was like a bait and switch. Then he turned on them. That's pretty cool. Uh, KO versus Jericho, like I said. And yeah. uh, what was the other one? Oh, KO versus uh, Sami Zayn. I don't think it's talked about in NXT. That was kind of the, the golden era. It was his debut night. Yeah. It was right. his very first time on. Sami Zayn won the championship and then. He was like hugging him, holding his hand up, um, powerbombed him on the apron. That's really cool. Um, I mean, in terms of like second place, I'd probably say like Seth on. Uh, no, in fact, uh, yeah, Seth versus the Shield. Yeah, I think that that's the good. last really big, like shocking one. Yeah, I mean, Banks and Bailey was good last year, but you knew one of them was, well, everyone sort of assumed Sasha. So, I mean, credit to their writing that they yeah. flipped it and done Bailey and it done really wonders for Bailey's character, albeit they were both heels going into it. So it just made Sasha a face more than a heel turn. But it was yeah. still it, it was still a really kind of cool moment. Um, I have on a little bit of a list, I have um, Lesnar's heel turn in 2003, won the title at WrestleMania as a face. And then him and Kurt Angle kind of became friends. Yeah. And then slowly building towards SummerSlam. And then he ended up joining with Vince McMahon to keep his title. I thought that was very good. Um, but my my last honorable mention before my favorite, um, and I think this one will be completely out of the blue, Armageddon 99, the little daughter, Stephanie McMahon, turning on her dad and joining Triple H. Who made was no probably, sense. It made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> But the, the, the crowd, uh, if you actually go back and watch it, the crowd were so into it because of how over Triple H was as a heel. I, always, I just always remember that being great. And it goes back to JR's reaction. And in terms yeah. of commentary and selling and JR, amazing. Like, it was just such a good call. And I always had that up just because of the pure shock from where I was as a kid in 99 watching that and being like, oh. So that's, that's yeah. high up my list. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, that's a... It's a good one. It just, like I said, it doesn't make sense. Like, it literally, if you go back to it, it's kind of like when uh, Sean came back and yeah. Triple H was like, oh, let's get DX back together. And then pedigrees him and says, I don't need you. And then pretends to be concerned when he gets attacked. Yeah. You know, it's like, you just aren't thinking more than a week ahead. But yeah, it was, uh, like you said, the reaction of everybody. Uh, it's a pretty cool one. I didn't know it was Armageddon 99, though. That's cool. I think that was actually main of the main event. I think Big Show, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the whole Big Show boss man funeral. Big Show's dad, a boss man turned up for the title. And I think Triple H and Vince main evented. I can't remember what Rock was doing, but Austin was out from Survivor Series. But I remember that being the Big Show boss man feud. And no, uh, the Big Show boss man was Survivor Series. Also, I, I thought Big Show won the belt at Survivor Series against Triple he H. He did. He did. It was triple threat. It was meant to be oh, okay. Austin. So it was Rock, uh, Triple H and him. And he had uh, a match earlier against Bossman. I think that's me going off memory. I'm not yeah, male. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure anyway. But uh, yeah, that weird one out of left field. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
So time for the, the main event. Who's your number one? What was what's your favorite? Maybe not the it doesn't have to be the best. It could be the best. What's your favorite heel turn? Because I think I know what it is, and I, I think it's brilliant, and I haven't mentioned it. It's up you do there know for what me. It is. Yeah, go for <laughs> you it. Probably the floor do know is, is yours. Um, well, I'm a massive CM Punk fan, so it's uh, I rewatched it earlier. It's Raw 1000. Yes. Um, where he turns on the Rock. I forgot how big of a babyface. Uh, CM Punk was going into it. Huge, um, wasn't he? I don't think people realize he was probably ahead of Cena and he was against Cena in the match. Yeah. Uh, that main event did. And Cena was about to win. I think he had him in the STF, STFU, whatever. And um, Big Show came out to ruin everybody's day, as he's <laughs> known to do, and uh, started beating him up. And CM Punk sort of half. Uh, he, he wasn't helping Cena and the commentary team to be fair to him in 2013 this is pretty rare 2012 um, they put it over big like why isn't he helping him why isn't he helping him then The Rock came out looking huge and definitely not using steroids and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the timing's perfect uh, I'll send you the video later you've seen it obviously but like yeah. CM Punk comes out of the ring uh, notices The Rock going in the Rock does his awful punches, his slappy punches, does a really horrible spine buster, and then uh, goes to do the people's elbow. <laughs> In case you didn't know, that's the people's <laughs> elbow. And uh, as he runs to the ropes, it's the timing. I said to you the other night, I'm like, yeah. the timing on this is spectacular. It's like, he goes, CM Punk slides, and you just see him. And then uh, the camera angle does really well for hiding him, but he clotheslines him. And just looks all and the crowd just boo. It's yeah. so refreshing to like hear a hill getting booed because it just doesn't happen <laughs> uh, that often anymore because cool hills and whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the one that <clears throat> popped into my head when I was first thinking about it. That's the one for me. You see, looking back at it, like it was amazing heel turn. Like it was brilliant. The crowd booed. Punk is amazing as a heel. But you mentioned something and it's a little bit left field. And how over he was as a face going into it. Mm-hmm. And he was probably more even more over as a face than Cena was. And I wouldn't say probably, he definitely was. But now yeah. looking back at it, do you think it was maybe the wrong decision because he was so over as a face? Or is that the perfect time to pull the trigger on the heel to get great heat? I mean, I think I've always thought that CM Punk is best as a heel. Uh, straight edge, Saturday, <laughs> uh, just all his heel run against The Undertaker where he's pouring Paul Bearer's ashes over himself. Um, but... I mean, considering where it ended up, where he was going to feud with The Rock and eventually lose the belt, that's the way that would have had to go because chances are people would have cheered The Rock regardless. So, like you said, I I completely forgot. See the crowd cheering CM Punk? I'm just used to people chanting his name for the past eight years. So, actually hearing people react to it, it's it's cool. Um, But I mean, he was obviously asked. It's not like he's still like a cool hill. You still saw all the CM Punk t-shirts. I don't think he financially did poorly from it. Um, and I mean, looking back in like 2012, 13, there's not many baby faces. So maybe, but yeah, yeah I liked it. It's just, and Raw 1000, if it had ended with just Big Show beating up, <laughs> Cena, I I would have quit watching wrestling for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I was just curious what your thoughts were on it because he was so over as a face. I think it was Survivor mm-hmm. Series. He won the belt back from Del Rio and then he yeah. just went on that monster run and he was just so super over as a face. Even when you were in Miami for WrestleMania, like, of course, Rock's hometown, everyone's pumped for the Rock, but Cena was probably arguably... I wouldn't say arguably, he definitely was the number two, which says a lot in Rock's hometown. There was CM Punk shirts everywhere, CM Punk um, signs, all that sort of stuff. He was massively over as a face. And I think that is a little bit forgotten because he is so good as a heel. Yeah, uh, fantastic. I think he doesn't really change up what he does. Uh, between. I think the best heels are your Stone Colds and even your Rock, yeah. uh, where they are basically the same character, but just tweak it slightly. Yeah, uh, CM Punk's like perfect for that. He's still cocky, still great in the mic. And uh, yeah, he's just top tier. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of um, favorite heel turns, I'll give you my number one. 
it was 1998 and WWF is on fire stone cold probably the man run, running the show and there's a really good hail at the start of the year the rock has a really good year and then towards sort of summer or just after summer maybe sort of september-ish and october he starts really getting momentum as a face and he starts getting really really over and then survivor series comes he aligns himself with vince mcmahon probably in my opinion one of the best survivor series of all time because of the moments but if you actually watch it back the quality actually isn't very good <laughs> but the moments stick out and the rock becoming corporate rock survivor series 98 and becoming that main event elevated properly hated hated character becoming co- the corporate champion i always thought was amazing it took me completely out of the blue as a fan i was furious like this isn't good enough my hero stone cold didn't win the title i'm i'm crying as a child loved it and looking back at it i still love it the only thing i would say is i i hated how the pay-per-view ended and i forgot how it ended until i watched it back oh, and yeah. it was very poor because uh, it was against Mankind, wasn't it? And then yeah. Stone Cold came out and just <laughs> swept the floor with pretty much everybody. Pretty much, yeah. Rock, yeah. Wins the, Rock wins the belt. Vince cuts a promo. The Rock's kind of just in the background with his first ever WWF title. And Vince is oh, like, yeah. I told you, Austin. I screwed you, Austin. The McMahons beat you, Austin. And Vince and Shane are laughing. And Austin comes out, beats up everybody, buries your champion. <laughs> just thought, looking back at it, the yeah, ending was very, very poor. Yeah, uh, I get that. And it sort of showed you how elevated The Rock would become in the next couple of years. By 2000, he'd be at sort of an equal level in 2001. Um, But, oh, honorable mention, just Vince. Vince for Brett, the Brett screw Brett thing, and he thought he was going to end up a face. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Survivor Series 98, it's probably the best tournament that... uh, I watched WrestleMania four recently. Yeah. And that's a slog. That's like 18 matches on that pay-per-view. And, it's, and, so that's, with, and think, that's with half of them being skipped out with DQs and buys. <laughs> double, double count outs and just nobody wanted to lose back in that era. But um, the rock was class. That's the big boss man. Nightstick catch yes, as well. That night. Is, yeah. That's the, imagine he missed that. Yeah. Perfect like timing. that would be Wasn't like it? yeah yeah no it's perfect um yeah no class one man um what's the worst heel turn of all time i have rikishi austin? up there austin i was gonna Mania. say rikishi rikishi being the one that attacked austin on behalf of triple h it just it, he did it for the rock yeah oh that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> that that long-term booking you know you mentioned it earlier they were very short term with triple h and Shawn michaels they, that also felt very like oh we need an explanation uh rikishi you. <laughs> you know i thought yeah. that, i thought it was kind of just very random it wasn't very thought out i liked how they kind of tried to portray it once they kind of realized their obvious glaring error that it was triple h doing it or Rikishi doing it for Triple H and he was the accomplice and all this sort of stuff. I liked how they tried to fix it. And I'm like, at least you've like you've looked at this and went, we've messed up here. Let's try and fix it. Yeah, it's more like, I mean, everybody thought it was Triple H. It's more, I think it was them kind of going, yeah, it's not. It was somebody that didn't even work here back then. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> he was just visiting. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's actually what I was going to say. But Paul Bearer turning on The Undertaker was weird back in the day as well. Yeah, I always remember about that time period of Austin and Kane putting him down a sewer in London. That always, <laughs> that, that's always, when I think of Paul Bearer's turn on Taker to go with Kane, I always remember that. And then I remember him flipping back to go with The Undertaker and uh, then Kane him down a sewer. I always thought that he, was funny. He was constantly just going back and forth, dying his hair black and just letting it go, oh. just depending on who he's with. <laughs> Pick some other other bad bad turns, bad off ones the top, off the top of my head now. Um, I mean, any big show one. Just the fact that it was a revolving door every every six weeks. You'd have big show cr- crying <laughs> constantly, getting slapped and treated like garbage by Stephanie McMahon. Then he would turn on John Cena for some reason. Then the next week he'd be dressed up like a baby. Yeah, you remember the New Year's baby? I remember the New Year's baby and I remember him dressing up as when he was European champion, representing a different country every week on Raw. And well, he, he stole out. that from Al Snow. Yeah, that's right. He did. 
<clears throat> I remember who stole out. it from D'Lo Brown. <laughs> and it all comes full circle, man. It all comes full circle. It always comes back to D'Lo. That's <laughs> always D'Lo. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I thought Shawn Michaels, where when you say it's his heel turn, the creative writing to try and turn Shawn heel to face Hogan at SummerSlam. I thought that rushed. was very poor, rushed, poor. Shawn didn't care. He didn't buy into it. You know, you remember him overselling everything that match, just making oh, it look ridiculous. But it is his uh, best ever um, promo because that was the Montreal. Yeah, that's right, actually. Yeah. That's great. But it was rushed and it was comedic as well because he was dressing up like Hulk and putting on loads of fake tan, pretending to get interviewed and his hips going, even though he's only about 10 years older than, than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a weird one. And he was faced pretty much straight after. Yeah, it was just like the next night he was back to normal. Nobody said anything. Uh, it's just kind of, sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it won't happen again. That didn't, to be fair. I know. Um, what else is another bad one? Majority of Randy Orton's face runs, I've never been a fan of. Uh, same with Seamus. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm biased bad. towards Seamus. I like him, I know, but I agree. I know, you love Seamus. Uh, but... Yeah, just any... I mean, there's people that you sort of think they should be heels. They should be faces. Like, Kofi Kingston should never be a heel. Um, yeah. But uh, Randy Orton should never be a face. And Sheamus yeah. is an awful face. I know yeah. you love him, but he was doing Father Ted jokes and stuff. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I'm trying to think about it. Maybe another good... Or maybe another bad heel turn. Ryback turning heel. Um, awful like Raw after Mania I don't, I think people were just kind of bored off and began to see through him a little bit so it sort of made it all, it was a very quick easy decision to make um, who, who else had a bad heel run um, I'm trying to think of a few others off the top of my head now and I'm sort of taking a bit of a blind oh, Triple H um, this isn't a bad one it's just one that I forgot to mention earlier but um, him against Daniel Bryan do you know where he pedigreed yeah. him after the match? He just beat Cena and then Randy Orton cashed in. Triple H was yeah. kind of a face at that point. That's pretty cool. And that led to WrestleMania 30, which is always good. Yeah. I mean, Triple H seems to be, whenever they're struggling to get someone over who they think could be a top star, it's like, right, H, away you go, son. <laughs> get back at it. Do your business. I'm going to let a couple <laughs> of NXT guys go over in the next pay-per-view. Yeah, no, 100%. He's, uh, he's the go-to guy, which is why the pick for Kishi. <laughs> So, because he's the obvious choice. Is yeah. he the best heel of all time? <laughs> It'd be up uh, Triple H. I would still say Vince uh, because that ninety, that ninety-eight, and probably ninety-nine Vince heel was just too good. I think. Yeah, true. All the way up until like two thousand and six, where he's fighting God. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then uh, um, God got his own back at WrestleMania. Try to cut. Randall Lehman. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, that's long-term booking. <laughs> That's long-term booking. That's better than any wrestling company's ever done. That's 15 <laughs> years in the making. Just hold my grudge. God um, got his own bag. Michael Cole, heel turn. Dreadful. Oh That's, that has to up there as one of the worst of all time. Just Michael Cole making Raw, which was already a slog. Uh, unwatchable. Just a bratty, annoying whiny. And I know whiny. Uh, whiny voice in your just constantly bickering I don't really like proper heel commentators because they ruin a show there's a difference between being a sort of comedic heel like Bobby Heenan or uh, King yeah. and just being an awful overbearing terrible commentator which yeah. I know I know how you feel about Michael Cole you love him <laughs> don't you so that yeah, must have been the worst like year and a half for you ever <laughs> The fact that he got a WrestleMania match is beyond me. And the fact I actually seen some tweets this year from from Bailey, like her screenshotting stuff with Michael Cole. And Cole was said, "I'm one and zero at Mania," and I'm like, I would like him to be in another Mania match, but Bailey like just be beating him up or something. Yeah, do you gender? Just how, <laughs> just how of Michael Cole getting absolutely slaughtered by Bailey, threw off the top rope, just. Yeah. yeah, and if I and if um, I was if I was booking the show, I would have had it the first match and the first night, and the stipulation is if Cole loses, he's off the show. <laughs> I know you would have that. 
Um, but um, yeah, that's a, that's probably the worst, I would say. Um, face turns are a different gravy because most, like, it's always after the fact that they realize how bad it is. Yeah. Like, mo- yeah. it's really hard to get a good heel turn where people are booing, especially these days, like I said earlier, because uh, people just want to. Underwhelming ones like Adam Cole, baby. It was just that whole feud leading up to Mania Weekend. It's just kind of passed me by, and it just seems like a watered-down version of Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, in my opinion. I felt the same, and I I felt the match wasn't as good either. You know, sometimes you you can have a mediocre feud, but if you get a really big, cool, blow-off match, it's almost like, okay, whatever. The match was great, whatever. But this one, I'm not going to say the match wasn't good. It was good, but it just wasn't at the heights of Ciampa and Gargano, in my opinion. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, definitely. Did you see any of Balor? Have you seen any of Balor's work in NXT? Um, yeah. I'm curious what you think of Balor in NXT, especially as a heel, since he's kind of came back to NXT. You know, he kind of got that baby face pop, turned on Gargano, and he's kind of been that tweener. He's been winning clean, and he's a very good wrestler, and he goes over quite a lot. But he's still technically heelish, I suppose, in in his promos and the way he acts. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. You know what I'm about when it's kind of using Tim Hortons, man. You're such a Canadian now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like insider terms. Remember, I've always said about insider terms, I hate hearing them like, oh, shoot. Do you want to make us a shoot, Paul Levesque? It's like, yeah. Um, So when I was watching him, he was kind of using stuff like that, which kind of turned me off a little bit. But then COVID happened and you didn't see him for a while. Um, but yeah, he's fine. Uh, like you say, he's kind of tweener. He's too cool to be a proper heel. I think people just like him too much. Um, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's so hard to be like an out and out face, like a Roddy or out and out heel, a yeah. Roddy Piper or whatever from back in the day, where people wanted to kill you. Uh, Jim Cornette would say, "Oh, it was better back then." <laughs> like, Jim Cornette's a sidebar character. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I could do. It has to be a podcast where I do an awful American accent. So, <laughs> um, no, but uh, yes, it's, who were we talking about? Baller. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's fine. Um, what do you think about him? Is he, I, I like him. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan. Um, but I think his, his run in NXT since he's came back down there has probably been the best of his WWE career anyway. I know I've heard a lot of people talk about how good he was in Japan. Not going to lie, didn't watch it. Um, but in terms of his WWE career, he was very good in NXT the first time, went up to the main roster, looked like he was going to get a push. The injury happened. And then when he came back from the injury, he was sort of just like, okay, now you're a mid-carder. And we've well, he did all. get a push. Like... Yeah. and then I mean, he, beat, uh, he won the, the title, sure. Yeah. And then get injured straight away. Straight he beat away. Roman, Seth, and all sorts. Yeah, I just think when, when he came back from that, I felt he was very just mid-cardy. And he went back to NXT and really kind of showed what he what he can do, I suppose, and, and getting people over. Um, he's got a lot of people over. He's put on a lot of really good matches with a lot of people. His promos, I've never been a huge fan of. I think he's always needed a bit of work there. But in terms of his, since he went back to NXT, his promos have actually been okay. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be his strongest department, but I think he can carry himself. I like you. I don't like the insider terms, but I yeah. think there's a place for it. And when Punk was doing it after the pipe bomb, and then slagging off Johnny Ace, I'd be like, "Are you going to call these people up?" You know, I felt yeah. that that worked because of who it was and what way the storyline kind of went. But more often than not, I'm with you. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's kind of when I hear people going, "Oh, you want to shoot." Or even when CM Punk, like I said, this is Phil Brook talking to Paul Levesque. It's like, and everybody goes, oh, because everybody has Wikipedia. We all know. <laughs> We're not meant to. It's like in yeah. the middle of Fast and the Furious, just going, here, here, Dwayne, get that car and come over here. It's like, <laughs> I want to suspend my relief, uh, my, my, relief <laughs> my belief for an hour or two or three or four or eight. So, um, like it just takes me. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then it's like, oh, you want to shoot? And I'm like, oh, god, right? It's like, yeah. oh, per booking. This is why you're here. It's like, yeah, okay. But then you could be like Seth against Cesaro, where it's sorta, it's inter, it's in between. It's like, oh, you've always nearly grabbed the brass ring, but you're never quite there. You're not on my level. 
yeah kind of tiptoeing around it rather than just going uh creative don't like you big man they don't know what to do with you keep swinging you'll be in the middle of the card it's fine yeah it's like you're a really good wrestler but they don't think you're the top of the card keep doing what you're doing kind of is kind of what i'm saying when i say you're not my level hint hint wink wink i'm good mates with triple h it's it's basically just going i'm mates with with the boss so i'm gonna win this match it's like okay well what's the point in watching then seth and then he lost so what do i know yeah you know you know but anyway, Spud, this has been a good conversation. I've enjoyed it. We've talked about our favorite heel turns. We've talked about face turns. We've talked about everything in between, and we just kind of bounced all over the place. But it's been a lot of fun. Spud, the phenom of the podcast, he's en route to his god status of football manager. How's it been, Spud? Quick, quick little segue. Football manager. What? Football you're, manager chat. You're you're, you're rock. You're rocking the show. You're bouncing between leagues. You just went unbeaten in Turkey. You're now, where are you right now? You told me and I've forgotten already. You've just won the league with Besiktas unbeaten. And I think you're Celtic. Am I right? I am a Celtic. I uh, gobbled up Turkey. Yeah. Uh, uh, gobbled, I gobbled uh, Turkey. Uh, yeah, it's going fine, man. I'm about 10 <laughs> letters in. I'm doing A to Z on Football Manager. Uh, you made me do it. You didn't make me do it. You suggested I should. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm flying on that. I'll keep you posted. Excited. It's, excited it's actually really happens. fun. Yeah, I can imagine just like get a trophy, take off the ladder, bounce on to the next one. But Spud, it's been a pleasure having you back on the show. Where can people find your social media? Uh, Aaron Spud. Uh, do you know what? Just wrestle or the podcast wrestling. What is it? Podcast WC? Podcast WC. Just, just do that. We both get the notifications. One of I, us will reply to it. you. Yeah. If it's, if it's sarcastic, it will be me. If it's nice, it will be Potsy. Yeah, effectively what happens, but Spud. <laughs> thanks again, as always. Always been available to jump on the podcast. My pleasure, as always. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on, man. See you later. Spud, as always, thank you for contributing. I hope you enjoyed our conversations. The featured conversation of the week, the video is available on YouTube. But right now, we're coming to a close on the podcast, but not without, of course, the main event. It is Duke, or Johnny Luke. Let's, let's give it the full name, full title. Let's show some respect here. It is Jonathan Luke. He is closing the podcast this week. Thank you guys for listening. Peter, contributing as always. Thank you. Nailers, thank you. Right to censor. Near F you. Spud, as always, thank you. Johnny Luke, closing the show. Main event, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the usual places at the podcast. The podcast WC for the specific wrestling part of the, the podcast on social media, on the Twitter machine. Without further ado, take it away. Close the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Johnny Luke, over to you. Hi, Potsy. It's Juki here. It's great to be back with you. Thanks for asking me back again. The podcast or the wrestling cast or the lowdown or whatever the name is these days. Um, it's just great to be back. Thanks for having me. Um, must say, last time, Spud calling me out. You never had a three count. Um, the streak was nearly ended. So. I'm going to do a Brock Lesnar soon and come for you. <laughs> but no, all jokes aside, it's great as always. Um, you can catch me on social media, um, at Twitter or Instagram, at IamJuki, for any abuse you want to hurl my way. So this week you've asked me about my greatest slash most favourite heel turn of all time and why. Um, I kind of gravitate towards the heels or anti-heroes in wrestling. I do love a good heel. I think you need a great heel um, for every great champion every great baby face needs to have a great heel um storyline alongside them so i always enjoy a good heel and um, i especially enjoy a great heel turn as well i just think it's that moment in wrestling that shock factor it's like sweet it's just like sweet mercy that's just happened i love it um, and i'm sure there's loads of what the other lads will say um, probably all different ones, some of the similars, but I've got a few that kind of spring to mind, um, especially growing up through the Attitude Era. As I said, you had great stars, you know, had great heels, but you also had great heel turns. Yeah, you had Stone Cold, WrestleMania 17, turning heel against Vince, unbelievable. Um, I love that. Um, someone else will probably talk about it, but it's just an unbelievable moment. The Rock turning to the Corporation, 98, unbelievable moment. You've got CM Punk in 2012, 2013. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers was CM Punk. Um, what a character he was and what a wrestler. And he totally turned his back on Cena 
Um, he actually then ended up lying, laying out the rock himself when the rock came in to save Cena in a match um, against the Big Show. And, uh, and, and Punk just completely turns heel against the rock. And I think it just led to an amazing rivalry in 2013. Brilliant. But um, my most favorite, um, thinking back, uh, the one that sticks out in my head the most, the one that I remember getting me off the edge of my seat and going, what is going on, was obviously when I was a, I was a young kid starting to watch wrestling. And uh, I just loved it. And uh, I love, this one of my favorite staples of all, staples of all time. Um, stable. Stable of all time would have been uh, DX. Loved them, loved everything about them. Just thought they were so cool. And I think you probably know where I'm going, going with this. Um, 1999 Triple H's heel turn against X-Pac and against the essentially DX turning and joining the corporation. I love that heel turn. I thought it was brilliant. I thought you had a great match between Shane and X-Pac. Um, two great wrestlers. I know Neil hates X-Pac but I actually thought X-Pac was a very good character and wrestler and uh, it was just a good match and you had Tess in the sidelines interfering and stuff like that and then you've got Triple H comes in, the crowd's just like, oh, well, that's it, you know, watching at home on TV, it's like, that's it, that's that's DX, we're going to win this match, Triple H, China is in the, uh, distracting the referee and Triple H comes in and then it happens, pedigree to Xbox and everyone, everyone in the place is just shocked, the noise erupted and it was just amazing, even the commentary. I know you spoke before about JR's commentary. The commentary on that was just unbelievable. And that was really when the game um, gimmick came around. The game character of Triple H came around, the cerebral assassin, um, who was probably one of the greatest heels um, of all time in wrestling, to be honest. Um, and he had great, great storylines with The Rock, Stone Cold, Mick Foley, to follow that. And I just think, that heel turn and that breaking up with DX was a great moment, was a great show-stopping moment, but it was also a really pivotal moment in, in wrestling history that created a great heel that then the the Rock and Stone Cold and such baby faces could use to have great storylines with. And so I think it was actually a really important heel turn as well. And and Dare I say, Triple H, he's just a great villain. He, he's always has been, and he's just one of the best villains in the company. And um, so, yeah, there's my greatest heel turn, um, which would be Triple H um, in 1999. Thanks for having me, as always, uh, Potsy. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening, as always. Tune in next week to see what we've got on the podcast WC. This has been The Lowdown. This has been Heel Turns. Hope you've enjoyed it. See you next time.